This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you all the adoration in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good. I want us to look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 2. And we're going to pray. You know, from last week's message about prayer, one of the things we should always incorporate and do properly is not only to talk about prayer, but to pray. Hallelujah. Not only to talk about prayer, but to pray. So, we're going to pray for a short period. Those of you online, greetings to you and blessings from wherever you are. Orchard and Oliver, you are acknowledged. Good. So, in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 2, it tells us, okay, verse 1 says, in the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. But the next verse, we find out that, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Amen. Now, many believe that the the is something that happened between verse 1 and verse 2. In other words, there's a time space between when God created heaven and earth. He didn't create it in the form in which it is now. We see from verse 2 that something happened between 1 and 2. Something happened that put it in a form that was not acceptable. Because if all that God does is beautiful, then it cannot be that he created the heaven and the earth. The heaven was okay, but the earth was not okay. It says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved Upon the face of the waters. Verse 3. And God said, Let there be light. Now we are going to pray concerning our lives. Whatever is without form and void, and wherever there's darkness, we are asking God, just as your spirit moved over the earth when it was without form and void. And darkness was present. Lord, let your spirit move in our lives that there will be restoration. Hallelujah. And in case I'm actually praying some of the topics in the prayer book I launched last week. And that's what I'll be doing every morning when we meet, we'll pray. Because some of you, if I leave it for you, you won't pray. So let's do it here. That's why you are not giving assignments 
to take home. They made you do the assignment in class. Let's rise to our feet. So we are going to pray. And I want all the branches that are with us also to pray. We are praying Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. Lord, whatever in my life that represents void, that represents emptiness, that represents darkness, by your spirit, let there be a move to restore. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we pray. We come before you this morning with our hands lifted up unto you and our heart crying to you, Lord. Every form, everything that is without form and every void in our lives which yes, has Lord. brought darkness, yes, Lord. Lord. Brought deal darkness, with it so by the move God. of your Holy that you Spirit. Deal with it by the move Holy of your Spirit, spirit in move our lives, to so restore. Move to bring light. Restore. Move to bring beauty. Remove every voice. Every emptiness. Every emptiness. Every emptiness in our lives, God. Lift up your voice and speak to the Lord. Lord, let our lives be according to the way you have created. Whatever has brought emptiness, we know is not of you. Yes, Holy Therefore Spirit, we cry move over you. every emptiness in our lives, God. Mentally, Lord, let it be formed. Yes, let Lord, in the name filled. of Jesus. Let so our lives not be empty. Filling with what is beautiful. Yes, every void in our oh, lives, yes. God. Thank you, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. In the name of Jesus, every void. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, move, God. Ever Every void in our lives, God. Every darkness in our lives, God. In the name of Jesus, Satalia. Yes, Lord. By your Spirit, God. By your Spirit, God. Palibrado, Satalia. Yes. Let Lord, we ask to go by your spirit of God. By your spirit of God. Let, Let every darkness turn into Thank light of God. In the name of Jesus. Satalia Bradosta. Oh, we've come to you this morning, oh God. Yes, Lord. Yes, that every Lord. That your spirit, yes. that your spirit of God will turn form. every emptiness Let in our lives, oh God. Let it be formed in our lives, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Santa Lavalia Bradosta. Oh, we ask your help. We ask your help. We ask God. We ask God, let your light shine in every darkness in our lives, of God. Oh, we have come to you this morning, oh God. yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Move in our lives, of God. Every void, of God. Feel every void in our lives, of God. Oh, we present ourselves before you, O God. Lida Latia Taliata, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit of God. Every darkness of God. Let there be light in our lives, O God. Let there be light. 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 But the workings of your spirit this morning, O God. Lida Lata, Librelosa, Tantalia. Lord, moving our lives, O God. Moving our lives, O God. Lihantali Hasta. Oh, we trust you this morning. By the workings of your spirit. By the workings of your spirit, O God. Every voice.
void in our lives, oh God. Every void in our lives, oh God, will be filled in the name of Jesus. Mandele Rasta. Come on, lift up your voice and pray. Lihanta Hista Paliasta. Odilibradasta. Lord, we trust you, oh God. We trust you that every emptiness in our lives, oh God, will be filled, oh God. May the move of your spirit this morning. Oh, we present ourselves before you. That it be at work in us, oh God. Feeling every darkness, oh God. Shining your light, oh God. Shining your light through, oh God. Leanta Lebrado Sataya. We trust you. Matale Brosta. Yeka Satalia. Mabo Shabali. Hey, yes, Lord. Manta Titana Bradusta. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Latista Paliasta. Lekatatista. Every darkness in our lives, oh God. That your light will shine this morning. That your light will shine this morning. Hey, Yata Lebradosta. Oh, yes, Lord. Lata Nista Paliasta. Oh, yes, Lord. Balibrado Sataya. Lord, we trust you. We trust you, Spirit of the Living God. Liata de Baliasta. Oh, move in our lives, oh God. Yes. Well, this morning, for some few minutes, I want us to continue on the subject of bearing fruit to glorify God. On the subject of bearing fruit to glorify God as he desires of our lives. Now, this morning, I had the privilege of meeting a group of people and had to explain to them God's agenda for our lives. And in the process, I brought up some key facts that needs to be noted. One of the things that came up as I was speaking was the fact that unless we understand and see clearly God's agenda we would always have conflicts with him conflict in the form of not following conflict in the form of not doing what he directs us to do and many of us have not thought carefully to say what is God up to you know we are happy to celebrate Easter but we have not thought to ourselves what brought about the need for the events that we are celebrating? What brought about the need? It came about because what God has created for himself became captive. To his enemy. Do you understand what I'm saying? What God has created, which is the whole creation, including us, became captive to the enemy when his representative in the person of Adam handed over the authority that was given to him through obedience of Satan instead of God. When the serpent came and spoke to Eve, 
The question was, has God said you should not eat? And if not being there when the instruction was given, decided to rephrase the instruction and add to it what was not there. That opened her up. Because Eve said that you are not supposed to eat, neither shall you touch it. But God never said don't touch it. God never said don't touch it. It was Eve who added the don't touch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and th- that small addition is actually the door by which Satan enters. Because if God has said don't, has not said don't touch, and you add don't touch, when you touch it, nothing will happen. That will make you now begin to question the rest of the instruction. Normally, normally, the problem with Christianity is we add to it what is not there. From the Pharisees up to us now, we add to Christianity to the word of God what is not there. Because You know, in our little wisdom, we feel that the instruction God has given is not enough. We need to add some other instructions to make it safe. Oh, yeah. And that small addition is what actually opens the door of the enemy into our lives. Because when you look at, please, can you go to the first place Adam was given the instruction because this was Eve repeating what was said. But what was originally said has no don't touch it. For of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest it. That's the end. The instruction is don't eat. is not don't touch. But you see, human wisdom says that I'm more likely to eat it when I touch it. So if I say don't touch it, then at least you go far from it as possible. see the Bible. I'm not, I didn't edit it. I mean, I can tell you, even though it's a soft copy, it's not edited. I'm sure yours has it. And that was the beginning. And of course, the story, the end of the story was that the one you obey, you become the person's servant. Yeah, the one you obey, you become the person's servant. So God, in the process of recovering, you see, because he also has rules. And doesn't break the rules because now he's hot. Because all he could have done was to just finish Satan. And take back his thing. But you see, because he's just. He gave instruction, he created man. 
and expected man to obey him so that he can lead man. Man disobeyed him and became captive to the enemy. Jesus Christ, who is God, became man and dwelt amongst us and showed us how by obedience you can defeat Satan and have God with you. And so he has led us, he has taught us to obey God in every situation. And by giving us a bit more about things that we didn't know about, revealing to us truths of life, as the light of life. So God is in the process of recovering his creation. And we are on the top of it. When we are recovered, everything will be recovered at the appointed time. So when you come to Jesus and you receive Jesus, you must remember that you are being moved from one kingdom or from one domination, which is Satan's kingdom, into the kingdom of God. Where Jesus is the king. So his agenda is different from our agendas. Because our agenda is how to just enjoy this life. We don't care who is in charge. Do you care? I said, do you care? Your problem is not about who is in charge. That's, that's God's problem. Look, God, we, we just want some niceness whilst we are here. Give us a nice... What do you want? I don't even know what you want. Tell me. You can mention your things because some of you, I always mention examples that I think you want. And you keep on saying that. Why do you leave me out in your examples? So mention your examples. AMG. What else? Money. What else? Come here. Clothes. Expensive labels. What else? House. Cars. Hair. Live in a certain area. Cell phone. Airtime iPhone 13. <laughs> Vacation. <laughs> Even you are liars. You are not messing the truth. You are not messing the truth. You are lying. You are lying. Ah. You should say husbands, children, wives, businesses. No, you are mentioning cell phones and liars. Do you get it? Now, now, listen. This is all we want. This is all we want. Meanwhile, God has a bigger agenda that the one who is controlling you is more important than what you have. I said, the one who is controlling you is more important than what you have. 
Because the one who controls you will control what you have. That is why when Satan presented to Jesus all the kingdoms of this world, and he said you should just worship him, he said, no, when I do that, when I do that, I'm going against what is important. And when I do that, I'm going to make you control me. But it is only God that must control me. So irrespective of what you give me, I don't want it. But not, we will not, most of us will not say so. So you see that from the very beginning, the, the conflict starts. God wants to change who is in control of you. And you just want to have things. I, don't, I think if I don't preach again, it's enough. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I want to, I can conclude the sermon by saying that the one who controls you should be more important to you than what you have. The one who controls you should be more important to you than what you have. Mm -hmm. So you see, you see how by this basic basic problem Christians, it's like most Christians they don't care about who is controlling them they don't care look, who is controlling me is not my problem just give me food to eat, give me a husband to have give me a wife to be with give me a car to drive, give me a nice house to stay, give me money to pay my school fees and the school fees of my children and buy nice clothes and be able to travel as and when and do good to some people when I feel like doing good isn't it? Meanwhile, God is busy worried about you are under the power of Satan and I want you to be under my power. He said, God, please, enough, enough, listen. And you see it even among the Israelites. When God sent Moses to go and deliver them, they were not crying for deliverance as in terms of movers from Egypt. That's why they always wanted to go back to Egypt. It's like, listen, who asked you to come and move us? We are okay here. Just improve the weather. I mean, make us a bit more free and just give us, I mean, listen, God, if you can do anything for us, just talk to Pharaoh to treat us nice. That's all. This promised land business, look, thank you, but no thank you. Not that it's far-fetched. We don't want to go to any promised land. We are here. We are okay here. We were born here. We have been in this place for years. For 400 years, we have been here. I mean, think about it. A people that have been in a place for 440 years. So at the time Moses was there, he could be talking to people that were about probably 80-something, 90-something years. In other words, 300 years have gone by before they were born. Where else do they want to go? It's like telling a South African to go to another country. I mean, yeah, it's true. It's it's like telling a South African to go to another country. No, no. What What they want is we should be able to live where the whites are living. That's all. We are, not, we are not asking you to relocate us and give us some of the cars 
then that is why the, the institution of affirmative action to redistribute the wealth. We are crying for the land, but the land when it's given to us, we don't even know what to do with it. We'll just build shacks. And let it lie fallow. When the Zimbabweans cried for the land and it was given to them, they just allowed it to grow wheat. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? God's agenda is to change who is in charge of you. And to do that, he employs your life for himself whilst here on earth. That is why he demands of you to bear fruit. Yeah. To bear fruit that will glorify him. I'm talking about fruitfulness. I said, I'm talking about fruitfulness. If we don't understand this, his idea of us giving our life for his use will not make sense to us. Yeah. Because what makes sense to you depends on the agenda you have. In other words, what moves that makes sense to you depends on your aim. So here you are, and here am I. We are looking to God to make our lives comfortable here on earth. Because we don't know anything apart from what he has told us. No school or any agent of Satan has told us the existence of another realm and another place. As far as we know, when you die, you go to the grave, that's the thing, and you become an ancestor. Where you stay, we don't even know. And because of that, we feel that sometimes you may be hungry, so we go and leave food at where we buried you, hoping that you come and eat. Oh, is that also? They come in a dream. Uh, we, we give them beer to go and drink. They come in, they come in dreams to tell us what they want. But don't they know the shop? If they drink, they drink they want, they should go to the shop right and other places. What's their problem? You see, but that's all we know. And so, because of what we know, it has guided our concerns. I said, because of what we know, it has guided our concerns and our preoccupation. Because that's what we know. You, grow, you are born, you grow, you have all these things, you die, you leave it for your children. Hopefully, they'll keep it. Otherwise, they'll squander it and they'll also try. Somebody can start all over. Whether they make it or not, you are finished, gone. 
But you see, God knows everything, including what we don't know. And because of that, he has defined his agenda. That because of what he knows, who controls you is what matters. And has decided that you must be under his control. And the reason is that he created you. And therefore, the least evil he could do you will still be good for you. Yeah, you, you see, you can't trust somebody who has no part in your existence. Let me say it again. I think I've said something serious. You cannot trust somebody who has no part in your existence. The person who has all to do in your ability to be alive is the person you can trust. And the reason why you can trust him is because he has made you to be alive, which is what is valuable to you. If I ask you now, your life or 10 houses, what do you want? Really? And you don't want 10 houses in exchange for your life? Seriously? 10 houses. 10 seven-bedroom houses in different locations of the world, in the most expensive cities of the world. You don't want it in exchange for your life. So, so you see, this, this God who has given you life that you value so much, that you will not exchange it for 10 houses in the 10 or the 10 most expensive cities in the world. If he can give you life and has given you life, that is so valuable to you, then you should trust him. And that is what he wants, that listen, you can trust me, I love you, I created you, I sustain you, and I want you to be under my power. No, no, and under my power, I cannot do you evil because of how much I love you. Wow. The songwriter says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to, be, to receive honor and glory. For thou hast created all things. For thy pleasure they are and were created. Why would he destroy something that brings him pleasure? I want you to exercise. You're thinking. So listen, with this in mind, this God knows that the way of escaping the power of Satan is for him, God, to use your life. It's for you to live for him, not for yourself and not for your comfort. Does it mean that your comforts will be neglected? No. A capital? No. Italic? No. Underline? No. Bolded? No. Satan makes us believe that God is not interested 
in our comfort. But how can it be somebody who has given you life with which you can enjoy the comfort is not interested in your comfort? How can it be? I said, how can it be? But sadly, Christians, Christians, Christ-believing Christians believe Satan's thing. And, and with this, I question your belief. I question your faith. Oh yeah, I question your faith. I said, I question your faith. To believe that God is not interested in your comfort, I question whether you believe Jesus at all. And you should question it also. I said, you should question it. And I should question my faith whenever I get to believe that God is not interested in my well-being and my comfort. And you see, out of this belief is what makes us not be willing to yield ourselves for use by God to glorify him. But this morning, I have a small message for you. Through the abundance of his word in you, you will be used by him. And he will give you all things. I said he will give you all things to enjoy. Through the abundance of his word in you, you'll be used by him. And he will give you all things. To enjoy. You see, I'm comforted that there's a part of me that can express satisfaction. There's a part of me that can enjoy things. I'm very grateful. And that part of me that can enjoy things was given to me by God. It was given to me by God. Listen, listen. Let me say this to you. It's a bit medical, but let me say it. The the fact that something is able to make you happy is 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 a, there exists a part of you that is able to experience that happiness. I don't know if I'm saying it well. But being able to be made happy is not automatic. Something having the ability to excite you and to make you joyous is not automatic. There is a condition that can happen to you that makes you unable to be excited by what naturally and normally excites Yes. It's spelled A N E. So A N H E D O N I A. A N H E D 
O-N-I-A. If you have a dictionary and you can project it on. You see, we, we have legs that make us walk. Isn't it? There's a part of you that if, if you want to say it's a receptor or whatever, it's, it's not, because it's not your hand that gets excited. Neither is this your stomach or your hair or your ear. It's a part of you. Yeah. Our, our computer guys, no? You have it. Is it working? It's coming. Now, I want you to see. You have seen it. You can see it on your phone. Yeah. Just highlight it. Yeah, that's it. Inability to feel pleasure. You didn't know. Because, because it happens naturally, isn't it? But it can be switched off. I said it can be switched off. Listen, any part of you that allows you to experience pleasure and all those things is God-given. Even to have a feeling for the opposite sex Yes, yes, because, because when, when Jesus was asked, are we, would they marry? When somebody gave them, gave a, a, a situation of a, a woman who married seven brothers and asked that in a resurrection, whose wife shall she be? Then Jesus said, you do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. One of the things he said, that is that in the resurrection, we shall be as the angels. Implied in that statement is that ability to do all these boy-girl situations will be go away. I hope you're understanding it. So, so listen, my, you see, my argument is that if God would not want us to have something, why would he give us the receptor or the portion that can experience it. He will not want us to fly. That's why he has not given us wings. The cows are supposed to walk. The bears are supposed to fly. Everybody gets what they need to be, who they are. So if God has given you a portion of you to be able to experience pleasure, then he knows and wants you to have pleasure. That's what I'm saying. But you see, it is one of the things that Satan has used to stop people from letting, breaking free of his power. Because it is by our desires that we want for ourselves that gives Satan the power over us. It is by our desires. 
You don't believe it? You don't believe it? Second Peter, I think chapter 1, verse, verse 4 and 5. You can read it. I'm almost done preaching. Listen, I'm saying all these things to tell you that make every effort to be used by God. Make every effort to be used by God. He will take care of you. He will make your life arranged in a way that you will never have been able to arrange it yourself even if you had all the resources. He will, he will, make, you, he will make you significant. He will give to your life all the things that would be fulfilling to you. You see, Satan will deceive you to think this and this would make me fulfilled. But ask those who have this and this and you, they will tell you they are not fulfilled. Yeah. You see, Satan would like to tell you put this God thing aside and make something of your life. Knowing that once you put this God thing aside, you can make nothing of your life. Oh yeah. You can make something but by the time you finish making it, you realize that ah, this is not what I want. Have you ever cooked food that you can't eat, you couldn't eat before? It's not food that was cooked for you. You cooked it. You went to the shops. You bought things and decided today I'm going to make myself some nice meal. And after you finish it, you say, mm. even the dogs didn't want to eat it. Even the dogs, they didn't want to eat it. Even the dogs refused to eat it. Oh, yeah. I mean, many times I've cooked things that, I mean, I set out to cook nice. But when I finish, I said, oh, no. Oh, no. This one, the dogs don't deserve it. It has to go to the... I don't know if it has happened to you, but it has happened to me before. It has happened to me before. So sometimes you want to make some stew, some sauce. And when you finish, you are not sure whether you made, you made a soup or you made a sauce. the shop oh it's not like they brought it for you you got up took your money went to buy this buy this with a today I'm coming to make something special especially if you have a certain visitor coming and the person comes and you serve the food and they take only two spoons and and they tell you you know my stomach I've not been okay, so I, I wanted to eat, you know, considering all your effort, but my stomach is bothering me. Meanwhile, meanwhile, meanwhile it's not their stomach, their tongue, their tongue, the taste bath is telling them that this one, no way, no way, no entry. The taste bath is saying no entry, no entry, one way, one way, no entry. 
You see, that's how, that's how life is. When Satan will deceive you to say that you can make something nice out of your life, knowing very well that you can make nothing out of your life. Unless the Lord has made it. I said four. Verse four and five. Whereby are given exceeding great and precious that by this you might be partaken, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Put it in another translation. You will see what lust is. Desires. The corruption is not in human wickedness. It's just human desires. Caused by human desires. The power of Satan is rooted in your desires. The human desires. And God says, listen, I created you. I know what has changed and the problems that have come. Simple. I'm here to solve it. Once you have come to me, once you are here on earth, just live for me. Bear fruit. Multiply yourself. Through you, let others escape from Satan and come into my kingdom. Through you, let those that have come into my kingdom be stable and grow. Through you, let those that have come into my kingdom receive strengthening and support. Use your life for me in this way and you you will glorify me. And when you glorify me, I will also glorify you. Yeah. Now, I want to show you something which is key to your fruitfulness. Most of you, or most Christians, apart from their desires and things, also feel that they are not clean enough to be used by God. I don't know. Anybody here, you feel, you are trying to be clean, but you don't think, you don't think it's enough for God to use you. Anybody here? Anybody? Yeah. I'm here to tell you that go past that idea. God will use you because his word in you makes you clean enough. His word in you makes you clean enough. John 15 verse 3. As I close to continue next week. Because there are sacrifices, there are efforts you must make to get his word in you. Most of us don't have his word in us because our effort is inadequate. I said our effort is inadequate. You see, the power to give up my desires as a medical. Look, I came into South Africa with the mind that I am coming to be an orthopedic specialist. 
That is the mind with which I came to South Africa. I had the option to go to UK. I had the option to go to America. But in the UK America, they were not giving the African migrant doctors the opportunity to specialize in the surgical disciplines. That's orthopedics, general surgery, obstetrics and gynecology. No, 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 no. They were given, the Africans were given the opportunity in a field like pediatrics, family medicine, and something like that, and internal medicine. So most of the Ghanaian doctors that go to America often end up specializing as physicians and all those things. Very few get the chance to do surgical specialty. But I don't like the internal medicine because it involves, to me, it involves too much guesswork. It's not guesswork, I mean, to say it properly, but to say it in my language is guesswork. Because, you see, internal medicine, you have to look at what you see and examine to look for signs and then do lab tests to marry what you see and what the person said and make a good guess of what the problem is likely to be. But in the case of surgery, if you can't see, you just open to see. And orthopedic surgery is nicer because when the bone is broken, when you put it together, everybody can see that it's together. So there's no argument. And so I, that's what I, I just want. I want to see what I'm doing and I want to understand and say that this is what is there. It's not guesswork, guesswork. It's not by faith. <laughs> Do you get it? So, and, and generally, as a person, even medicine, I shouldn't have done medicine if it was not for poverty. If I was born in America, I wouldn't have done medicine. But I did medicine because an old person advised me that even though my grades were very good and I could do engineering and all those things, I should rather do medicine because medicine will always give you food to eat, no matter where you are in the world. And he explained that medicine, you will always eat to your old age. But in the case of engineering, you have to make it within your working life. And it's quite tough. So that's what I want to do. But naturally, my mind is more of an engineering, inquiring, physical, I mean, mind. That's, that's how my mind works. Do you get it? So I came with the mind that I was coming to do orthopedic surgery. But you see, as I started pastoring the church, and I, it forced me to give myself more to the word. Because normally we, we read the word, but when you're a pastor, uh, whether you like it or want it, you have to read the word and you have to listen. Because every Sunday, the people are expecting a message that will keep them, their face bright. Do you get it? So whether you like it or want it, you have to come up with something new. So you still have to dig in the word. Even if it is for yourself, you still have to, it's like you have to dig in the word. So it is 
that responsibility of pastoring a church, that forced me to give in a little bit more efforts into having the word in me. Sometimes I'll listen to one message about 10 times to be able to preach it. And as a pastor, I see that I must tell the people to read their Bible. So it forces me to also wake up and read my Bible. As a pastor, I tell the people they must go and pray. So I also had to spend time to go and pray. And I could see that the challenges I'm facing in handling the church with people's problems and so many demonic issues, I have to spend more time in prayer and reading the word. As I put more of the word in me, it began to change me. It began to change my ideas. It began to change my desires. And a point came and I said, it is, we brought nothing into this world and we shall take nothing out of this world. Therefore, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. For godliness with contentment is great gain. And when I looked around, I said, is it true that we brought nothing into this world? And I said, yeah, I saw some babies being born. I have even delivered some babies as a doctor. They didn't come with anything. In case maybe I thought I came with something. Since I started working and delivering babies, nobody has come with anything. They come, they come with nothing. Even they don't wear, they don't wear pants. So I said, yeah, it's true. We came into this world with nothing. And then I've looked at people who have died and have a lot of things. And I realized that everybody goes with one coffin. There's no extra luggage. Like, let's say, two coffins because... No, no, no. I mean, I'm not joking. You see, it sounds like I'm joking, but I was thinking to myself that we, they, I mean, we, we come with nothing. And we also go with nothing. I'm here to see somebody being buried with their Mercedes-Benz. Somebody has been buried with their Mercedes-Benz. He was buried with it. Sitting inside. Oh, wow. But we don't know what happened after that. Okay. The grave must be very big then. But I'm sure the people watching around were saying stupidity. I'm sure people were saying stupidity. But when they bury you with a coffin, nobody says stupidity. Yeah, because naturally we bury with coffins. So we came into this world with nothing. And we will go out of this world with nothing. It's true. Therefore, Therefore, having food. And I said, ah, if my goal is to have food, I think I have enough food to eat. Raiment. Oh, if my goal is to wear raiment, at least I have a raiment that I can wear every day. So then I have a reason to be content. And the Bible says, with contentment with godliness is great gain. So I said, then let me be godly. Let me be godly. That's the 
that's, that's where I stand. But I'm saying to you that the word, the word. The word. We are not making enough effort to have the word in us. But you see, we must remember, remember, the primary aim of God is to change who controls you, not to make you comfortable. Your comfort is secondary, but I can tell you that it will also not be neglected. Because I have served God with my life. As I came with my dream to be an orthopedic surgeon, today I'm still a general practitioner. My, sen- my colleagues will say, oh, he's an MO, medical officer. Because that's what I am. I mean, somebody that we came together with the mind that we were specializing in this, as he was introducing me to his friend, anesthetist, he said I'm an MO. Because he's a specialist, I mean, um, uh, 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 surgeon. And his friend was an anesthetist. So I'm a medical officer. That's what I am. The way I came is the way I am still. Do you get it? But godliness, I, I probably have a little bit than what I came with. And the Bible says it's great gain. What I'm trying to say is that we all have desires. But when the word of God finds a good place in abundance in you, there is a power in it that without knowing, it will begin to rearrange your desires. And it will make you able to do what God wants you to do, which is to be under his power. I hope you're understanding the message. And I'm just to answer your, your portion of cleanness, John 15, 3. It says, you are clean. You are clean. Why? How? Come again. Jesus says you are clean through the word. What else do you want to do? Listen, as at the time Jesus was speaking, these guys still have their issues. How do I know? How do I know? This word was spoken that they are clean. Before Peter went to say that, I swear I don't know Jesus. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, this was before he went to say, I don't know him. Because he went to say, I don't know him at the cross. So how can somebody who is a blatant liar like this be called clean? But who am I to say contrary? Jesus said they are clean. They are clean. And it is through the word. So listen, if you make every effort for the word of God to be in you, you will surely be a vessel that God will use. And listen, you will come under God's power, not under the power of Satan, and God will bless your life. I said, God will bless your life. Amen. There are many of the desires you want to see. You need the power of God to see it. Without the power of God, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. So, please, Enough of coming to church without sitting down to read your Bible. 
enough. I said enough. Enough, enough. Enough of, of being appeasing yourself and so I went to church today. You should be starting to say, yeah, I read my Bible today and I even remember all the things that I read and I understood what he said. That's what you should be talking about now because that is what would bring to pass the purpose of God for your life and that is for you to come under his power. Let's rise to our feet. Listen, I'm campaigning for you to be what God wants you to be. I said I'm campaigning. And I will not stop until you start doing what you have to do to be what God wants you to be. His word. Have a Bible. I said have a Bible. And have a good Bible. Have a good Bible. Don't accept just a Bible that everything is brought together. Decide that I'm going to buy a good Bible. Go to the shops. Look for a good Bible and buy it. I said it will make you what God wants you to be. That is bring you from the power of darkness unto the power of God. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. And say, Lord, I want you to be what you want me to be. Like Paul said, I've been sent for this purpose. To open their eyes. To turn them from darkness. To light. From the power of Satan. To the power of God. Lift up your voice and begin to talk to Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift up your voice. Let your voice be heard. Pray. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I wanted to talk to God. If you understood what I said, engage God in the hindrances that stand between you and the word. Don't be satisfied with less. Jesus said, the words, the words, the words that are spoken to you is what has made you clean for use by God. You are clean. You are clean because of the words that are spoken to you and you have received them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift up your voice and talk to him. Oh, Rakutayan Father, we thank you that your word is what will make all the difference. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Makarandiria Kalamama Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. Speak to him concerning what you have heard today. Oh, yes. Yemakaya Bandara Baboshikoroyanda. Father, let us be avid lovers and readers of your word. For Paul said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That is what we want to do. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh yes. Maroshi Katabam. Maronkitayandarababa. 
speak to the Lord, speak to the Lord concerning a bit laziness, procrastination, whatever it is, whatever it is that makes you not be attracted to the work. Is the work of the enemy fighting you from what will make you to be used greatly by God, from what will bring into your life the power to cause you to live for the Lord Jesus? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, yes, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. Lord, let us be used by you as we abide in you and your work in us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, we pray. We don't want to be just nominal Christians and people who go to church and come without becoming vessels for you. We want to be vessels. Vessels. We want to be vessels. For that is your purpose for our lives. That we may come under your power, not under the power of the enemy. And we know that all things concerning our lives shall be met, shall be provided by you. Our joy, our fulfillment, our peace, our provision shall be from you. You shall care for us. You shall deliver us. You shall take us higher. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we pray, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for this day as you have given us your word. Lord, by your spirit, you have pointed us to what we need to do. That we would be what you want. The vessels of honor. Fruitfulness. The vessels that shall bear fruit to your glory. And we know that just as you glorify Jesus when he glorified you, so shall you glorify us as we glorify you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Our life shall not be an empty life. Our life shall not be void. But our life shall be filled with the goodness, the good works that we were created for. Father, we bless you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, you want to say, Pastor, I never understood what you said. But somehow, I feel the need to be a child of God. I want to come under the power of God. I don't want to be under the power of the devil, but I want to be under the power of God. What do I do? This is what you must do. You must believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God who came to die and rose again on the third day, seated at the right hand of God. And you must believe that it is only through him that you can be a child of God. And therefore, you must receive him as your Lord and Savior. His blood that was shed on Calvary was the price that was paid for your sins. Therefore, as you receive him as your Lord and Savior, he will surely, I said he will surely come into your life and be the Lord of your life. Your sins will be forgiven. 
and you will be a child of God. Therefore, every head bowed and every eye closed. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift up your right hand. Wherever you are, I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you for the lifted hand. Yes, I see a few hands that are lifted up. Lift it up high. Lift it up high. Don't be shy about anything. You need to be a child of God so that you will not be a child of the devil. God came to die for you. He sent Jesus to die. Not to walk around and visit, but actually to die so that you can be free from the power of Satan through your receiving of Jesus Christ. This opportunity must not be missed. Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. Lift it up high. Lift it up high. You want to save me? Let me pray with you. Yes, I saw a few hands that are lifted up. Don't be shy. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. Yes, you lifted up your hand. You lifted up your hand. I saw some few hands there lifted up. Thank you. Thank you. Let us pray. Father, the hands that were lifted up are hands of a heart cry that says, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for the assurance that except you draw us to yourself, we cannot come. And everyone that you draw, you will never cast away. Therefore, Lord, thank you for these lives that have responded to the call to come to Jesus just as they are. You lifted up your hands. I wanted to come forward. I want to pray with you here. Come, come. I saw about two or three people lift up their hands. Jesus, give him your life today. Come on to Jesus. Let him have his way. Let us pray. Father, as your servant, I stand on behalf of these ones, lifting them up before your throne, thanking you for the grace that they have found and the mercy that you have shown them. Lord, because you are a loving God, I know that your plans for these ones are plans of good and not of evil to bring them to an expected end. Father, let none of your words concerning these lives fail to happen. But watch over it to perform in the name of Jesus. I wanted to pray this prayer with me, those of you standing here, and the rest of you, I want you to join in as we pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you to submit myself to you as my God. I ask you for forgiveness of my sins. Father, I have lived my own way for some time. But today, I stand before you, submitting myself totally to you. You are my God, the only true God. I believe in Jesus Christ as your son who came and died for my sins. He rose again on the third day 
and he's seated at your right hand. Through this prayer, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. From today, I will follow wherever you lead me. I will keep your word as my light. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Father, thank you for these precious lives. Let your hand rest upon them. Let them be children with a difference. Let their lives bear testimony that this thing of being born again is real. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good. May the Lord bless you. You've taken a decision. You know, in 1986, I was a young man. I think I must have been around 18 years or thereabouts. And I went to church. In fact, sometimes when I say I went to church, it sounds nice. I was chasing a girl and she invited me to church. I didn't think of it as anything when I lifted up my hands to give my life to Jesus. But how many years now? 36? 36? 36 years down the line. I think that thing worked. That thing that I lifted up my hands, there was some power in it. Because 36 years down and now I'm actually doing it. And all these years, time has passed. It has not, I have not stopped wanting to, to be a Christian. That shall be your story. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.